Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock. Special guest on the program today, Tom Doyle, online from Israel, talking today about developing an open heart for living and loving. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. George Christensen and his family at CASA Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Ellison Salazar. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Thanks, Mike. This is Evelyn Davison here in the studio of KTXW, broadcasting from the capital Texas of uh, capital of Texas area. <laughs> I'll get it all out in a minute. And with me is my good friend Kathy Enderbrock. It's great to be here with you today, Evelyn. Well, you know, some days I get so excited and my head gets, my mouth won't catch up with my head. But we are we are really glad to be here, and uh, we are. We're talking about building bridges of love and leadership, and we're talking about how we do that, first of all, in our heart. 
That's right. And we've been on this heart series. You know, we've been talking about a, a powerful heart and a patient heart and, you know, even at one time a prideful heart, which mm-hmm. we've gotten a lot of really great feedback on that. Well, today we're going to be talking about an open heart. And we have this amazing scripture that we find in the book of Revelation where Christ says, listen to me. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and have dinner with him. And he with me. And, you know, I love it that Christ says, hey, I'm there. I'm pursuing you. I am knocking, but you must open the door. So we're going to talk about an open heart today and that what that means for us. Well, it means that we have a responsibility. That's right. And not only just to listen, as, as, the, as Revelation says in the Holman Standard. I like what Dr. Eugene Peters says. He says, look at me. Yes. You know, eyeball to eyeball, Kathy. You're looking at me eyeball to eyeball. I stand at the door, and I see a peephole in that door. And he said, I am knocking. If you hear me call you and open the door, this is what I'll do for you. I will come in. Right away, I will come in, and I sit down with you, and we will sup together, much like the last Lord's, I meant the Lord's Supper, the last mm-hmm. Supper. And he said, and lay some love on all of you uh, and love you. And that Dr. Peterson is, he, he has a language all his own, but he does paint a beautiful picture of us that if we look at Jesus, we look at that empty cross and know that he is not on that cross. Cross for us, when we take up our cross every day, does not mean we're taking up death. Mm-hmm. It means that we're taking up life because our life has been purchased and we have received that because we've opened the door. And it's going to be exciting talking about open doors today with your friend. Yes. Well, you know, there's no better time to talk about looking to Christ and listening to Christ than the period of Christmas. And we are right smack in the middle of preparation for uh, for Christmas. We are in the Advent period, uh, which are the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And Evelyn, you're right. We have a tremendous guest that we're going to introduce in a minute, uh, uh, Tom Doyle, who is currently and has been for the last, oh gosh, well, he'll, he'll inform us for the, a number of years, been doing missionary work in the Middle East. And, you know, we, we turn on the TV, we turn on the radio, we hear so many awful, scary, concerning things that are happening in the Middle East. And we have some good news for our listeners today coming out of the Middle East, some really good news about what Christ is doing. And, you know, I love that we can talk about this good news during this Christmas period because, you know, God, the Christmas is all about the good news mm-hmm. of Christ, that God sent his son, that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Christmas and some of that good news and uh, what it means to have an open heart today. Well, an open heart means that you've got not only look, but you have to listen yes. and you have to really think. Um, and I just have a real heavy burden uh, these days for for Israel, for Jerusalem, and for Bethlehem. Uh, and, and I have some good news today about that, uh, Kathy. The book that I wrote in two months, they are overnighting the galleys to me tonight. Oh, so maybe look that's at so it. exciting. And that, you know, we'll make available. Uh, it'll be on Amazon. It's called Praying and Praising Cross Texas. And the reason I both wrote the book was a couple of reasons. The one that just nailed it for me was... August the 2nd of this year, when we 
had the praying and praising rally event at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And all across Texas, we had 23,000 churches involved with us in this prayer initiative for Texas because our borders were broken. uh, We were drying up in in Austin and East Texas. We need rain so badly. And while we started out with a big event, we brought it back down to where it was very intimate, like, what we're talking about. Jesus said, I will sup with you. Yes. And we had people come to the Capitol, but people all over the state of Texas went to their courthouse or to the, in the jailhouse, the city hall, and prayed. That was the purpose. But after we had that rally, we had 12 buses of protesters who came into Austin and held up signs with broad, loud uh, radio systems, you know, yes. uh, whatever you call it. Shouting, kill the infidels, kill the infidels. And it it just burned in my heart that we have got to get become more aware of what's happening, not just in Texas, although it's happening in Texas now, yes. but all over the world. And that's why I'm so thrilled that we've got Tom Doyle today to talk to us about what's going on, what's really going on. Yeah, what I mean, what is going on, um, you know, gosh, what... Is happening in the Middle East is impacting the United States. And Evelyn, as you were saying, this just was in this last August. We see the impact within Texas. And so we're going to have Tom Doyle share some perspective and, and, and give us the right perspective on what we um, can be doing, should be doing um, in this regard. And so uh, let me just have the opportunity to introduce him right now. Um, Tom was previously a pastor for 20 years. And then he and his wife, Joanne, who've been married, uh, gosh, over 28 years now, uh, went on a tour in 1995. Um, and no, they began leading the tours to the, the, um, Jerusalem, to the state of Israel in 1995. And, you know, they just both fell in love with it and God gave them a great calling there. And so now Tom goes right into the heart of the Islamic world to share the good news of Christ. And so he has the inside scoop when it comes to to the church in places like Iran, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, and the Palestinian territories of Israel. Tom Mm -hmm. knows what is going on in the hearts of the people and what, what God is doing there. Tom, it is so nice to have you with us today. Welcome to Love Talk. Yes, welcome, Tom. Well, thank this you is so much. It's a pleasure to be with you, both of you. Thank you. Well, we have got a lot lined up for you today. We have a lot of <laughs> okay. questions. Well, but, thank you, Evelyn. I'm ready to go. Well, let, let's start with how you grew up. What was, you know, we are in the Advent season, as Kathy yeah. has said. And we're preparing to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Uh, what was life like for you uh, in the United States when you were small growing up? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't grow up uh, in an evangelical family. Uh, I'm Irish, Thomas James Patrick Doyle. So I grew up in a Catholic family, Catholic church and uh-huh. school and all of that. Always had a love for Jesus, but, but didn't really have a personal relationship with him until I was uh, a senior in high school. But I just had a wonderful family, and Christmas was such a blessing. There was so much that we participated in at our school and church and that. And, um, oh, wow, yeah, just um, so thankful for being born in America. I don't take it for granted. 
now that we travel all over the world, now, Tom, I have a our question. lives would be a lot different if we weren't born here. That is, that's so true. That's such a good point. And, you know, I like that you said, um, you know, growing up and with being Irish, having that Catholic background, not knowing, not having that personal relationship with Christ until you were a senior in high school. So when you were growing up, what did Christmas really mean to you and your family? If you didn't have that personal relationship, then, then what, did, what, what did Christmas mean to you? You know, so much revolved around what we were doing at church. And, and actually, now that I look back, I'm, I'm thankful for that background because there were some great celebrations that happened, and they really did focus uh, on Jesus a lot. I, I just personally, and I'm not saying this with mm-hmm. uh, every Catholic, obviously. Sure. I know lots of Catholics that are born again, but I just missed it. I was on the work system. But but I had such a love for Jesus that when someone laid the gospel out the first time, uh, it was like, yes, this is so right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thank God for my background. I really do. Um, but I, it just shows you how it's so easy, and I think it's easy in evangelical churches to miss it. I mean, the latest thing I've heard is that 30% of evangelicals don't believe in hell anymore. And I think, can you even be a Christian enough? <laughs> that, that one stumps me, you know? How, how can that be? But I know that I missed it growing up. I was passionate about the church. But when I hit 18 years old, I really wanted to know Jesus in a personal way, and that's when it happened. And so, Tom, you say it, it happened. How, how did uh, this relationship <laughs> with Christ, I mean, what was that, that, you know, what was the knock on the door that you finally heard yeah. where you were willing to open that door? Well, I was kind of known as the partier in high school, and Ooh. so I was a tar- target for believers. I didn't know that a lot of people were praying for me, asking me to go to things, and um, Christian things, and I'd always say, no, we have this at our church, we do this, we do that. And finally, someone asked me to go to Young Life, and um, I just didn't want to go. And then a, a young guy, this friend of mine, said, you know, I love going to Young Life because the cutest girls in school go to Young Life. Uh-huh. And so I There's thought, the hook. Uh, so what night is that again? You know, <laughs> and, and actually, I went that week. So how's that for not so great a motivation? <laughs> but I'm going to look at the girls, right? But Jesus met me there. Someone stood up and spoke from John 14. It couldn't have been more than 10 minutes, max. And it hit me in the heart, and I thought, I didn't know there was anything in that book that even remotely related to me. And from that point on, I wanted to know Jesus. And it was soon after that I became a Jesus follower, and that changed my life. Now, you're saying at Young Life, then, now you didn't happen to meet your beautiful wife, Joanne, there, did you? No, I met her actually at Biola. I went to the Bible Institute in Los Angeles. I knew that God was calling me into ministry in my last year there. I met Joanne, and I heard about her before I met her. I heard about this amazing Christian leader, this little Italian five-foot dynamo that just (laughs) loved Jesus and was making a difference on campus. And when I met her, I mean, really, I had trouble be back as soon as I met her, I just thought, "Oh my gosh, this is an amazing woman of God, drop dead gorgeous, everything and within six weeks, I asked her to marry me. <gasps> Ooh, 
Okay. Well, that is love. <laughs> We've opened the door of your heart very quickly. We, we kind of omit that detail, you know. We don't, oh. But it's just, it was the Lord. You know, the Lord just did it. And it was so clear. And it was clear for her, too. So I'm thankful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that's what we like to talk about is love. We are talking today <laughs> with Tom Doyle. He is calling us from Israel. And uh, we do need to take a break, Kathy, and come back. We come back. What we want to ask you, Tom, is what's life like today for you where you are celebrating Christmas this year, right after this? Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to ensure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at the Bridge 1120 Today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock in the studio with the amazing Evelyn Davison and we have a very special guest uh, for you today, Tom Doyle. We are talking about an open heart and being Christmas, it's not just Christmas in the United States, but around the world. And Tom and his beautiful wife, Joanne, are uh, missionaries in the Middle East. Now, they both love Jews, Arabs, and they minister to both groups through the ministry called E3 Partners. Tom serves as the Middle East director for this dynamic global church planting ministry. So Tom is, is calling in today. He has the inside scoop for us on what is going on in Iran, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, uh, Iraq, the Palestinian, Palestinian territories within Israel. And, and Tom, you, you, um, 
you did, we went out and you were telling us a little bit about your life growing up. Now, I know when we uh, scheduled you to call in, you said, you know, it's going to have to be a call in. I don't know where I'm going to be. I might be in the Middle East. I might be, be in the United States. Where exactly are you calling in from today? Well, you know, actually, I just got back home, believe it or not. I was in the Middle East for five weeks. And I think when we talked, I was going to be in the Middle East when we did this, but it ended up that some things changed, and I, I just got back. So I'm really thankful to be home. Well, really it's, thankful. it's great to Where is home? It's in uh, the Dallas area. Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. It's great Good to Texas have you stay territory. Side. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, now, we're really interested in finding out from you, you know, how did God speak to you and Joanne to your heart about the hearts of the people in the Middle mm. East? Yes. You know, um, 1995, going to Israel the first time was a game changer for me. Uh, honestly, I didn't know that much currently about the Middle East. In 95, it was pre-9-11. Uh, I mean, I had great Bible training at Biola and Dallas Seminary. I was a pastor, preaching pastor. So, you know, you should know your Bible pretty good. But then the current events I was I was not up on. I honestly didn't know the difference between a Jordanian and a Palestinian. I, I went there with all kinds of questions. And to see the Bible in high definition uh, is an amazing experience. But with that, God started to give us a love for Jews and for Arabs. And we believe God's heart is big enough to love them both, and that Jesus truly is the only solvable situation outcome in that region. That Nothing is going to change between the people. Israel has a right to be in the land, obviously, um, but, but then they've got this issue with Palestinians. The only time I've seen them get along is when they were in Christ. And a few years ago, uh, I was at the Garden Tomb on Easter, and they opened the worship service with a Palestinian man walking to the microphone that was a pastor, and a Jewish Messianic pastor comes to the microphone. One prayed in Hebrew, one prayed in Arabic. They had their arms around each other in Jerusalem, and I thought, you know what? It doesn't get any better than this. Oh, yeah. It really doesn't. And, and so, you know, the U.N. will not fix it. They try. This is, I think, the 10th American president to try to bring peace to Israel. But so, so if there's a land swap or something, what is that going to do with the hatred in the hearts? It's not going to change. And with radical Islam fueling the Palestinian cause, it's just going to spiral into uh, more destruction and despair. Uh, so... You know, God called us to, after being going there for six or seven years, God called us to leave the pastorate. And I was preaching the first Sunday in June of 2001, so it's four months before 9-11, and I preached a sermon at our church in Colorado Springs, and God showed me, it was a ticker tape that you see in the news, this is your last sermon Ooh. at Trilex Chapel. This is your last sermon. I, I honestly didn't know what that meant. I thought... My last sermon, Lord, what? And I don't live in that world where, you know, every move is orchestrated where God says, turn right, turn left. (laughs) None of us (laughs) And after the service, I found my wife, Joanne, and said, I have a strange thing happen. And she said, well, tell me. And she said, what do you think God's calling us to do? And I said, I think as missionaries. 
She said, where do you think we're supposed to go? And I said, I think Israel in the Middle East. And Joanne told me, you know, God's been speaking to me about that for months, that he was going to release us and we were going to have a ministry here. I wanted to make sure that it was really, <clears throat> excuse me, truly from God. And and so I just kept praying because I knew that God would reveal it to you if this was truly his plan. And so we launched, I mean, a couple of months before 9-11, and then 9-11 hit, and there were people saying, listen, you have six children, you're an American, you're a believer, it's dangerous with Muslims, you can't go there. Uh, some people said, you're irresponsible. Uh, I mean, one man said this, you're just stupid for going to work in the Middle East. Wow. Um, that, of course, that, that, of course, was my father that said that. <laughs> <laughs> he was worried, you know. Uh, but we, what can I say? We've been there over 120 times to the Middle East, and um, it's in a mess. It totally is in a mess. And with the rise of ISIS and all the persecution, it's in a mess. But, man, in the midst of it, God is moving like never before. It's amazing what? to just sit back and watch what he's doing. With with all this desperation, and I think that's a good word to describe, you know, the feelings we have in America with the threats that we're facing, and what our Israeli friends and yeah. and the Arab friends meet every day, where, with all this desperation and even the destruction, um, what what is your hope, uh, Tom? for what you and people like us can do uh, to help bring the love of the Lord Jesus to, to a place where they have an opportunity to see who he really is? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think we're, I think we're in the fifth great awakening, personally. Okay. I mean, here's just a couple of things. I know a friend that lived in Israel when he knew of four families that were Jewish believers. Four families in the whole country. Wow. Mm. Uh, now there's over 25,000 Jewish believers in Oof. Israel. And then when it comes to the Muslims, in the last 10 years, more Muslims have left Islam and become Jesus followers than in the last 14 centuries of Islam. I mean, just wow. let that set into wow. a check. And so here's the thing. Uh, quite frankly, I think Muslims, and I'm don't look at like ISIS on TV, but the average Muslim, I think they're sending up an SOS signal. Mm -hmm. I think they're frustrated with Islam. Listen, they're not stupid. They see that Islam is involved in 58 wars on the planet right now. I mean, if you find the trail of blood, you follow it back, and nine times out of ten, it goes to the religion of Islam. And they're seeing that, and they're frustrated by it. So after 9-11... That truly was the dividing line because Muslims had, and, and Muslims all over the world saw what happened on 9-11. They had to ask themselves a question. Is, is this what it means to be a good Muslim? I have to go kill people to advance the cause. Is that what I'm called to do? And the overwhelming majority do not want to do that. Uh, 60% of Muslims don't even practice their faith. They were just born into it. You know, they don't, they don't even read the Quran. 30% practices, and then maybe 8 to 10%, Joel Rosenberg and I talked about this, we think it's probably like 8% believe that jihad is the way. And that doesn't even mean that all of them practice it, but that's what they believe. So the vast majority of Muslims 
are looking for something. And this shocker of them having dreams about Jesus, honestly, when I first started hearing stories, I didn't believe them because I thought it was something on Christian TV or something. You know, I have a question about that, Tom, because, you know, I, I get on Facebook, as a lot of people do, and there was this post there about um, this uh, Islamic Arab and he had been involved in jihad. He had been involved mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, leading Bible studies in the prison, teaching about Islam. And uh, then he said that one night in his prison cell, he was being choked to death. Literally, the life was being choked right out of him. And he, he, he just, it was like he was drowning. And um, he heard a voice that said, you know, call on, call on the name of Jesus. And, and so mm-hmm. he just said, Jesus, if, if you're real, like, show me, help me. And yeah. immediately he was no longer being strangled. Everything was back to normal yeah. in his cell. And he said, now that was not his conversion, but that was the time of his confusion. And after mm-hmm. a couple weeks of just praying and earnestly seeking the Lord, uh, Christ visibly appeared in his cell and he accepted Christ and now yeah. and then Christ sent him out then to go and and talk to and share with other Muslims about the forgiveness and the love of Jesus Christ that they can now know eternal life immediately because I, I guess with the Islam religion you don't actually know if you have eternal life or not until the day you die and so this whole concept of being able to know right now that you are going yeah. to heaven is huge for them so is this really happening or is this just a Facebook video wow, wow. you know I started writing down stories and about 15 years ago met a man named Mohammed He's a believer in an underground church. And I said, okay, Mohammed, you're obviously grew up in a Muslim family. What happened? He said, I was content as a Muslim, but I just started having these dreams about Jesus. And I needed to know, what does this mean? In the Islamic system, our theology teaches us that Jesus is a prophet. And so we honor him, respect him, revere him. It's not weird to talk about Jesus, actually, at all with the Muslim. They just don't think he's Lord and Savior. But I started getting bombarded with these dreams. And finally, I met a Christian. They opened the Word of God and explained it to me. And I started to hear story after story after story. And if I can just say, I went to a very conservative seminary, Dallas Seminary. And so, I, honestly, I didn't grow up assemblies of God. You know, I wasn't looking for these things. I was shocked to hear story after story. I started writing them down. I never thought I'd write a book, but I did. Dreams and Visions is Jesus mm-hmm. Awakening the Muslim World. 25 real stories of people where initially their journey to the cross began with a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we hear it daily. We hear it daily now uh, about God reaching out to Muslims and them having dreams. A friend of mine put together a website in Canada, Are You a Muslim? Have You Had a Dream? Do you know how many hits they had on that in the first month? 700,000. Oh, my gosh. From around the world. And so God's doing something, and I think this, uh, Timothy, it, it says in Timothy, it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to knowledge of the truth. So if we're not getting the gospel to them, if we're afraid or, or we're not willing to go, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. 
it's going to happen, and every tribe-ton people group are going to be there. So he's opening the door to Muslim hearts uh, everywhere we go, Iran, Iraq. I can give you dream stories from virtually every Middle East country uh, where these people now have left Islam, are in the underground church, and here's the acid test, Kathy and Evelyn. This is what just blows me away. Mm. Before they pray and leave Islam... They're asked two questions. Yes. Are you willing? Are you willing to be persecuted for your well, faith? Well, yeah. I, I want us to talk about how that's happening in America. Uh, mm. we, we do need to take our break, and I want to hear a little bit more about some of the stories. Okay. Uh, but let us take our break, and when we come back, Kathy, let's go in that direction. Okay. Sounds great, Evelyn. Talk to you in a minute. Okay. Great. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at The Bridge, 1120, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock on Love Talk with Evelyn Davison in the studio today with special guest Tom, <clears throat> excuse me, Tom Doyle. And Tom uh, was a pastor for 20 years and has been uh, involved in missions and ministry work in Israel and the Middle East since 1995. Tom, welcome back. <coughs> We went out briefly talking about, you said, you mentioned this, you said, you know, there's an acid test that is given to a Muslims who are coming to Christ, where they are asked two questions before they accept Christ. 
What are those two questions? Yeah, pretty sobering. Uh, the two questions are, are you willing to be persecuted for your Ooh. faith? Are you willing to suffer? Because leaving in a Muslim family, it could happen. It, it probably will. And then secondly, are you willing to die for your faith in Christ? Wow. So I think about those questions and how sobering, and look at what's happening in the church right now in America, and I think, can you imagine if we had those two questions in the new members class? Yes, I was never asked those questions before I Boy, accepted that, Christ. Would that in the ranks, right? Yeah. Uh, but people willing to die, and some of these new believers had died within months, but they stood for Christ. Uh, in an amazing way. There's so many stories. Do we have time for a story? Can I tell a story? Yes, yes. Please. Oh, there was a young lady in Saudi Arabia that came to faith in Christ, and her brother works for the secret police. She lives uh, probably about an hour from Mecca, holy site for Muslims. She came to faith sensing something was missing, got on the Internet, found Christian sites, someone on the Internet led her to faith in Christ. Wow. It ends up months later, she's... Re- sending out blogs about the Lord. This is some uh, amazing uh, teaching that she's sending out. She's only been a believer months. Wow. And, and I, wrote a, I wrote about her in Dreams and Visions. Her brother found out that she was a believer. And let me just ask you both the question, how do you think he found out she was a believer? How do you think, what do you think tipped him off? I think she told him. What do you Even think, before Kathy? that. Yeah, uh, well, maybe he, he found a, a Bible or he saw a change in her or... Yeah, there you go. He saw it in her countenance. Mm. He saw it. He said, you look happy. Oh. You don't, you're not carrying burdens. You look stress-free. What's wrong with you? Oh. You, know, you think that would tell him something about his own religion. And she said, I'm a Jesus follower now. And oh. we know this. When we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes. Fruit of the Spirit is there. He saw it on her face. And so he said, so you're saying you're a Christian now? And she said, yes. He said, okay, give me your cell phone, go to your room, and in two hours we'll kill you. (gasps) And Fatima went to her room, gave the cell phone, but he didn't take her computer. And in Dreams and Visions, we have a letter that she wrote to the body of Christ around the world saying, I'm not afraid. Your swords don't concern me. I follow Jesus, the Lord of the earth. And he's who I follow. And if he wants me to die, I'm ready to die. Here's the amazing thing about Fatima. Two things. We think she had been a believer maybe up to about a year and had that kind of maturity. Secondly, here's the shocker. We're not sure if she ever met a brother or sister in Christ face to face. It may have just been on the Internet Mm -hmm. because of the extreme security risks there for the underground church, but she was willing to die for Jesus. And, um, oh, there's so many more stories. What was the outcome of that, Tom? The Middle East, yeah. Well, so, Tom, what was the what was the outcome of that? I mean, the incredible testimony from this girl, in, incredible ability to encourage <laughs> other believers to persevere. Yeah. Did I mean, was there, what about her brother? Did we ever... I'm, do we know the rest of the story there? Yeah, the rest of the story is he carried it out. He oh. came in. After two hours, they took her out in the street. Mm. Um, he cut out her tongue. This is his sister. Uh, poured gasoline on her, lit her on fire. 
I mean, this is this is this is pretty sick stuff that's happening to believers around the world. Uh, I mean, they're per, they're they're nailing Christians to crosses in Syria right now, and and these are these are the outcomes. These are the potential outcomes. But the amazing thing to me is when they find Jesus, their love for Him is so great, and their fear of a healthy fear of God is so great. They want to please him more than they ever would have fear compared to uh, what man can do to them or le- religious leaders, imams or their country or jail time or their family. It so outweighs the potential for evil and danger. They that, willingly embrace him in the midst of the danger. That is incredible faith. And I know that you are coming out with a new book. I think it's due out March 17th. It's called Killing Christians, Living the Faith, Where It's Not Safe to Believe. And, you know, this is a book that is, again, sharing stories. And when I first read the title of this book, Killing Christians, I thought, oh, what a depressing book. I don't know if I can read through that one. And I I loved Dreams and Visions. I thought that was just brilliant. I read it. I bought several copies, gave them to friends Uh and family. And then when I read the rest of, you know, the kind of the subline, Living the Faith Where It's Not Safe to Believe, I thought I have got to get that book because I need that kind of perseverance in my Christian walk. I need that kind of commitment in my Christian walk. And, you know, when you talked about this story of, and it's not just a story. I mean, this is the life. This is the, 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 the truth of, of the life of Fatima. When she came to Christ, you said that her brother noticed a change in her countenance. And, you know, we talk about an open heart. And one of the things about being open is that you're able to be filled. You know, you can't fill a cup that is closed. You cannot fill a vessel that is closed. You can only fill something that is open. And so when Christ knocks and we open our hearts, he fills it exactly like you said with Fatima, with joy, with love, with peace. You know, we don't have that burden. We don't have that that downtrodden countenance anymore. We're able to look up to Christ. And then he does bring healing to that open heart as well. And, you know, I love that you said, um, you know, they have a healthy fear of God for what can man do to me while man can take the body. He cannot take the soul. And, um, you know, I, I love Evelyn shared when we very first opened uh, that verse from Revelation 3.20, that not only will Christ come in and when we open that door and he'll have dinner with us, but then he says that I will make him a victor. I will give him the right to sit with me on my throne just as I have also Amen. won the victory. And so even though we see that Fatima's body was brutally uh, uh, ended, um, we know that she's sitting in victory with Christ, which is a good ending. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, and, you know, my first time in the Middle East sharing the gospel it was in Jordan. We were talking with Muslims, and one of the leaders there said, you know, we could be arrested for this. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that, Tom, we could be arrested. And he said, uh, but, you know, really, every believer should be arrested at least once for their faith. It's good for us. Wow. It's probably I had, to re- I had to reason that out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's probably coming into our life if I live long enough for that, (laughs) Tom. Tom, uh, I want us to uh, talk a little bit about Israel. Um, Mm -hmm. What uh, we're just hearing some great reports about uh, mm, 
the work of, that some of our Christian friends are doing in Israel and that Jewish people mm-hmm. uh, are opening their hearts to the gospel. Yeah. If, can you give us any good, uh, can you give us hope in that direction? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know what, Evelyn, I think probably the hardest group that we've ever come across to reach in Israel are Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so many of the Holocaust survivors, due to pain, losing their family, have shut off the possibility that there even is a God. And we've had it asked to us several times, okay, if there is a God, where was he in World War II? We cried out to him. Mm-hmm. He didn't come. What happened? And so we answer that and say, you know, we can't, we can't answer that question. Only God can answer that question. But we do know this. Throughout Jewish history, all the way from the Old Testament, just when it looked like they were about to be snuffed out, God did an amazing turnaround. And who would have thought Jews were sitting in death camps in World War II that in a matter of a few years, they actually would be back in the land of the Bible and it would be called Israel? That's an incredible miracle. Well, recently we've been working with Holocaust survivors. And um, remember, you know, five years ago talking to them, they don't even want to hear the word God. It's too painful for them. Where was he? Now they've opened up to that. And then the next step is opening up to Jesus. Because you've got to remember, I mean, the worst stories are that they tell us that there were Nazi soldiers singing O Little Town of Bethlehem on Christmas Eve as fellow Jews were going to the gas oven. Wow. So that's what they think a Christian is, see. And so for them to know who really Jesus is, it takes something powerful to happen. And we have seen recently some Holocaust survivors come to faith in Christ. One story, a friend of mine was down in Sederot, which is one half mile from Gaza. There's a lot of Holocaust survivors living there. Gaza has sent rockets daily toward this, this town, set a road uh, throughout Israel. The sirens go off over and over and over. A friend of mine was in a top apartment, a fifth floor, with a man that had lost his legs. And he's getting to know him, Holocaust survivor, telling him about who the real Jesus is, not what they heard about in World War II. And he was thinking in his mind, boy, if this siren went off, for a rocket, an incoming, I wouldn't be able to get this man down to the bomb shelter. There'd be no way, because we're half a mile away. They have 15 seconds to get for cover. That's how close they are. And sure enough, as they're talking, about 30 minutes later, the siren goes off. There's a rocket coming to set a rope. And the Jewish Holocaust survivor looks at the man and says, you must go. You've got to go. And he said, I can't leave you. I'm, I'm not leaving without you. And he said, you have to go. You have to get safe. And he goes, I'm not leaving. And they sat there together and watched the rockets fly over the apartment. Oh, wow. And my friend said, Tom, what am I going to say? Jesus loves you. I need to run to cover, though. And you stay here? I can't do that. And do you know, months later, that man was 88 years old, and he gave his heart to Christ. And he said, the reason is that he finally met someone that was willing to die with him because he was Jewish. And he said, I want to follow that God. That is, I mean, that is a huge testimony. What what are we willing to do to share the good news of Christ with others? You know, Tom, it's so hard for us to understand as as Christians and 
Uh, Evelyn, are we ready to yeah, go? Yeah, we break? do need to take our break. Uh, Kathy, come back. Let's just talk about that a little bit. What, what should we in the United States of America, in this great state of Texas, be doing during this time for times such as these? Right after this with Tom Doyle. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000-square-foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Was your website built by a programmer or a marketer? It makes a difference, a huge difference. Think, marketing is a local boutique ad agency that builds websites around you, your business, and your customers. This approach is Y-O-U-centric. Visit thinkmarketingtexas.com to learn more. That's thinkmarketingtexas.com. It won't cost you to sit down and find out how you can have a website that looks fantastic while making you money. Come on, isn't it time to update your website? thinkmarketingtexas.com. ThinkMarketingTexas.com. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock here at the Bridge, 1120, today's Christian Talk. And welcome back. This is Kathy Enderbrock uh, with Love Talk in the studios, Evelyn Davison, and we have some very special guest, Tom Doyle. And uh, it is the Christmas season. Uh, we are opening our hearts to Christ, just as Mary and Joseph had open hearts, just as the shepherds did, just as the wise men did, open and seeking and allowing God to pour in his love, joy, and peace. And, you know, when God, when you open your heart and God fills it, you know what? There's going to be some pouring out, too. And, Tom, you have shared with us some incredible, incredible stories about individuals in uh, in the Middle East, um, 
in Muslim nations who have come to faith in Christ and uh, in, in just amazing ways and the turns that the turn that their lives have have taken. And, you know, I, I think uh, bringing this right back to the United States is I think so many uh, Christians, they want to know, well, what then should I do sure. if if my brothers and, Chris, and, and sisters um, all over the world are willing to stand even to the point of death for Christ, what then should I do? And so, Tom, can you kind of bring this home to us? And with um, all the persecution, you've said persecution is the new normal for believers, and there is an outbreak of persecution that is just raging globally. How is this affecting us in the United States and even in the state of Texas? And as Christians, what should we be doing? How should we be praying? How should we be living? Sorry, I dropped my phone. Are you there? <laughs> yes, no worries. Okay, let me just read. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so how is that affecting us? Well, you know what I think it's doing? I think it's producing a lot of fear in the body of Christ. Okay. Which which we're not supposed to fear. Over, th- over 300 times in the Bible it says, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And so we as believers have the answer. We have the truth. And I live in Dallas, Texas. Probably didn't know this, but it's the second fastest growing Muslim city in the country right now. Wow, that you know what? Evelyn had some insight to that. She wasn't sure about sharing the location of the city, but we have actually heard of 3,000 college students coming to faith in Christ in that city. Well, you know, we're we're hearing some amazing reports, but I think if we take our worldview from cable news, we're going to shrink back in fear. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that. More Muslims are coming to faith in Christ now than ever before. So we've got to be willing to share and meet them and engage them. They dress different. They look different. But many times they're marginalized and don't have a lot of friends. We have some friends that invited a family over from Kuwait, and they're Muslim. And she's covered and wears the hijab, and they brought their kids over. And the kids were kind of bouncy at dinner, just like full of energy. And the mom stopped and said, I just want you to know, I'm so sorry that my kids are acting up tonight, our kids. They're just really excited because we've lived in America eight years now, and this is the first time we've ever been invited into an American home. Wow. So we're just really excited. That just stabs me through the heart. Wait a minute. We're the body of Christ. Are we so motivated by fear that we're not even reaching out? So I had an experience this summer where I was um, late for everything all day, and I jumped in the car. I'm going to pick up Joanne. I'm leaving E3 Partners. I get in the car, and it says six miles till empty. And I thought, oh, are you kidding? Now I've got to stop and get gas. So there's three uh, stations off the George Bush Highway. I grabbed one, stuck my card in. It says, must see cashier. I went, are you kidding? The card's not working. Uh, so I go in. <clears throat> this woman takes my card and starts to talk to her. She's Muslim and very friendly. And I got into a conversation. I said, my goodness, I go to the Middle East all the time. We love traveling there and i said where are you from and she said well you go to the middle east all the time and i said yeah several times a year and she said well then you have to guess where i'm from and i said well okay uh egypt she said nope saudi arabia got in this conversation with her and i said i took a chance you know i'm a writer and i write books on the middle east and just wrote this book about muslims and i I just love to give it to you and see what you think. And I handed her a copy, went out the car and got a copy of Dreams and Visions. And she said, This is about Muslims having dreams about Jesus. And I said, Yes. And she said, 
I've been having dreams about Jesus. Oh. And he said, you've been having dreams about Jesus? And she said, yes. And, and she took the book, started to read it. Two days later, I came back. You know, in Dallas, you drive all over, freeways all over. Had to get gas again. Went to that same pump, stuck my card in. It worked perfectly. Oh. <laughs> see, I don't think that was a card malfunction. And it didn't say, please see cashier. It said, must see cashier. <laughs> like, get in there. And I went in, and she said to me, her name's Rowia. She said, I've been having dreams about Jesus for 40 years. <gasps> I said, 40 years? Did you not talk to a Christian? Did you... She said, plenty of them, but they seemed like they were afraid of me to talk about Jesus. And I even went to some churches, and they didn't help me. And I just knew this. If Jesus loved me so much to come to me in dreams for 40 years, one day he would come and explain it to me. And I think that's what this is about today. So on the Fina gas station on George Bush and Coit, Rowia prayed to receive Jesus that summer day in Dallas. And she loves him. And I think, Lord, I could have missed that because I was so preoccupied with me and my schedule. And I just say this, love Muslims, meet them, get to know them. They are receptive. They are waiting to hear the truth. If you don't talk down to them, if you show love and get to know them and really care about them, they will open up like a flower. And we are seeing salvations all over the place with Muslims. I love that, Tom. We should not be motivated by by fear. Let's be motivated by Christ. And, you know, your wife, Joanne, she said to me one time, um, not just to me, she said it to our whole church when y'all were speaking. um, She said, you know, if you see a Muslim woman in the grocery store and, you know, she's, you know, covered and, and, you know, it's pretty easy to recognize um, don't look away, but look at her in the eyes and give her a big smile. And, yeah. um, you know, I, so that is one thing I've thought I can do that. I am going to do that. And there's always yes. a place to start for each of us. Absolutely. You can go up and say, Hey, where are you from? And, uh, you know, I, I left the Middle East where you're from and they want to get to know people. They, they really do. Many times people see a burqa and they're intimidated. Yeah. Well, so I, I am. I have people, to admit let's that. Let's not take a worldview from the news. Mm-hmm. They're just going to report the bad stuff. Yeah. Well, Tom, we really have enjoyed having you. Can you give us your contact information so that if there, there are those that are listening to us, and, and we are a world, we have a worldwide audience, uh, if you would give us uh, a phone number, please. Yes. Uh, um, I can give you an email. Okay, and, email and would be Tom better. Tom Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E, number 80. Eight zero. That's the year Joanne and I got married. Tom Doyle eighty at gmail dot com. That's usually the best way. Okay. Um, people can also call two one four 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 zero one one zero one, and they can get a hold of me that way. Well, too. thank you again, Tom, and God bless you. And we're going to stay in touch with you. Uh, but... Thank you so much. All righty. It's been great today, Kathy. And uh, we would say if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. Uh, at our website, which is 
at www.lovetalknetwork.com. You can also visit our archives if you want to listen to this program again or share it with a friend. Tom Doyle's book, Killing Christians, Living the Faith Where It's Not Safe to Believe, is due out March the 17th. We've had a great time in the Lord with you today talking through uh, this principle with you. We encourage you, keep an open heart this Christmas that God might fill it that you might pour it back out. 